Every day I'm shuffling. We are back. Me and Evan, Pete and Evan, back for another episode of Lost in the Shuffle. What's up, Evan? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Happy to be here. Happy, uh, what's today? Today's Tuesday? Happy, happy Tuesday. Yeah, it's actually 420. Oh, it's 420. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. a drug test tomorrow, too. I told you, right? <laughs> yeah, you did. Are you going to pass it? <laughs> yeah, I already took the at-home kit. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. <laughs> Just to jump, double check. <laughs> I was stuff. like, yeah, man. How long ago was uh, early February? Okay, I should be good. <laughs> well, and it's crazy now too, because 420, you know, pot is uh is legal. So, you know, right. I think it's a lot 420 is probably a lot different than it used to be. And I'm not sure what that exactly means, but for for stoners or whatever, you know, it's it probably is different. I feel like not that stoners like live a rebel life or anything, because I think I know cannabis to them is like should be should have been legal the, the whole time and they're not living on the edge. But I just think something about that, about 420 for me is like, I don't know, thinking about it is different. It used to be like this, like, oh, it's 420. Taboo, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, oh, it's 420. Like it's national, like, you know, pot day or whatever. So it's like, yeah. okay, cool. It's casual, I guess. So it's interesting. Well, I th- when I think 420, I also think about Columbine. Didn't Columbine happen on 420? Oh, God, that's not what I was thinking. I don't know. Did it? I, I'm well, not because sure. Isn't 420 Hitler's birthday, too? It might be. That sounds like one of those random facts that I might have to look up right now. I got to do this. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Hitler's uh, birthday, April 20th, 1889. Yeah, it is. Holy, holy shit. I and never then knew that. Columbine. I will never forget that now. Columbine shooting. Yeah. April 20th, 1999. Well, those are some really awful uh, things to be associated with the day that everyone celebrates. I know. uh, Thank God we're not high thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Maybe, (laughs) maybe it's good that on 420 people just forget everything. I guess that's uh, the reason that they made it on the 20th. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, yeah, that's what I thought about today. Cause I, I mean, I, that's just what I remember. I was like, yeah, it was Hitler's birthday because that's, I thought that's why they did that shit. Because it was Hitler's. I have birthday. no idea what. Honestly, it's terrible. I have no idea what the meaning behind 420 is. It like the first time that like cannabis was like recognized as some sort of like, I don't know, big drug from, or. From what I heard, that it had to do with police callings, like, and I don't even think that's true. But I was like, oh, we got a 420 in progress, like you know, like someone smoking weed. But I don't even think that's true. Yeah, so if if you look up 420 in the dictionary, it says April 20th, 420, considered as an occasion for smoking or celebrating the smoking of marijuana. Um, It doesn't say what is the meaning behind it. 420, cannabis culture, slang, marijuana, and hash uh, consumption. Smoking around the time 420 refers to the cannabis. I don't know. I can't find anything that says it. Maybe if somebody knows, they can comment in the. Yeah, please let us know if you do. I've always known that it's 420, but I really never knew why exactly. Have you ever celebrated before, Evan? Never. Never? Uh, (laughs) I remember in college we would celebrate and it was like, you know, like I dabbled. I dabbled. Of course, I I enjoyed it. And then there were kids who were like, it's a fucking holiday, you know, where they're just like, all right, clear schedules, gravity bong, you know, and they go like nuts and they'll build volcanoes and bags and it's like all right dude like take it easy yeah you know yeah I've, I've, I've seen everybody on instagram all day posting about that uh about the day and how it's arrived and how excited everybody our is. age like our age people mm-hmm. yeah yep oh. 
Yep. Well, I think, but the thing about like pot now is like, or cannabis, whatever, weed, whatever you want to call it, it's just so, it's like a normal thing now. So to post about it now versus posting it about it a couple of years ago, three years ago is almost completely different. Could get you in trouble. It's weird though. I don't even know, like do companies, are companies going to be like drug testing, like employers moving forward? It sounds like they are. So I'm getting drug tested tomorrow for, yeah, yeah, for a new job. So I guess what they say is we still have the right to deny you employment if you test positive for these drugs, right? So yeah. I guess they do, they reserve the right to withhold your employment if you do, regardless if it is, uh, because Legal. it's only on a state level. Legal. It's still not federally recognized, right? Right, right. So yeah, so that, yeah, I don't know. I just think, I just find that interesting. I, I was always wondering- um, you know, once they made it legal, what did it impact? I mean, like, that's pretty it, silly though, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, that's I like alcohol. Kind of so if you're exactly. of age, it is legal and you can consume it. We're still going to hold it against you if it is shows up in your system, right? Right, right. I think to your point though, about it being only legal in certain states, maybe that has some impact on it. But right. you would think if you're getting a job in that state, then it shouldn't impact your career in that state. But I don't know. Maybe that'll change eventually, but uh, who knows, man? It's yeah. Fucking weird. Happy 420. 420. <laughs> what yeah, are you drinking? Man. I am supporting my favorite local brewery called Iken Oak. I love Iken. them. They got great beers. Uh, this one is a broken, it's called Broken Carabiner. They got a lot of cool artwork. Their artwork is like a little uh, bear. He's really, really cute and chubby. Um, but it's a green tea ale, Evan. It's very smooth. It's not hoppy, um, not like an IPA or anything, but uh, it's a green tea ale um, and it's pretty smooth. Uh, 5.8% by volume. Okay. Um, thank you, Ike and Oak. Nice, dude. Looks good. I like the can. Presentation oh, yeah. is nice. What about you? Solid color. I am drinking another Maplewood. Last time I was drinking a Maplewood and it was a Charlton. Yes. Did I, you picked, try it I picked that up this weekend when I went by my aunt's house. I picked them up. Nice. How was it? Did you enjoy they were it? good. Nice. Very good. Yeah. 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 So this time I'm drinking the Maplewood, but this is called the Son of Juice. Um, and it's more like hazy a bit more. So it's like got more like fruity tones to it. Um, and it's an IPA. So really good. I, uh, I, it's, I, I would say it's probably about as good as the last one that I had. Uh, the Charlton may be a little better, but uh, on the side it says juicy, juicy, juicy. So, oh, wow. Three times? <laughs> three times i know uh yeah so it's it's good i uh i recommend out of a 10 i'd probably give it a, a seven and say one of my one of the better beers i like so solid seven. okay yep beautiful well let's see what do we got uh going today evan you tell me oh yeah we have uh Jameis winston's pump up speech first off so did you get a chance to see the video I saw parts of it on the internet. Um, I saw it on, on uh, TMZ, I think, posted some of it. Um, I followed them on Instagram. They're a pretty good follow. And uh, they had posted it. I checked it out. It seems like he's uh, made some growth. It seems like he might be a bit more in tune with what people want to hear and what to say versus being a complete dumbass. So um, I think you might have a clip of it, right? Here is uh, can you hear it? Yeah. No, not very good, actually. This is a, a former clip of his um, pumping up his team before the game. 
asking them to eat a W. So <laughs> shoving his fingers who, in his mouth. Who wants to eat a W tonight? He keeps asking. And then someone else jumps in and was like, all right, enough with that bullshit. Um, <laughs> he also in trouble for stealing crab legs. It also there was a debacle. It said F her right in the P. Um, and then this awkward eat a W. And then his training methods where he's like going against the the heavy bag was kind of weird. But as much as we can laugh at him because he got a lot of funny stuff, there's memes of him and stuff like that. Um, I really like this speech that he was um, talking to with these kids. And he's just telling them, I was the number one draft pick. And now I'm a la- laughing stock. But I'm about that business. And he knows Dak Prescott's there, but I'm working harder than anybody else. Because he's doing things every single day to commit to the dream. So he goes on to talk um, with these kids and stuff. But um, I just thought it was, I thought it was just pretty self-aware of how he knows he was taken first um, in the draft. And, you know, I mean, he throws how many interceptions a year and kind of like you said, as a laughing stock, but the fact that he still has persistence, tenacity, and he's still man enough and proud enough to say, Hey, I'm still, I'm about that work. I'm still putting in to chase the dream. I just thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it's fun to, you know, it's fun to rag on people and stuff, but people that are chasing their dreams and are putting in work and being a role model to kids. I mean, he doesn't got to spend time with those kids. I just, I think that's a cool thing that should also be highlighted. Right. I completely agree. Yeah, man. I I think it definitely shows some maturity, uh, some humility. I think he realizes, like he said, you know, I was on top pick in the draft and look at me now I'm struggling to make my way in this situation, but I'm here and I've learned and, you know, this is what you got to do to get to this, this place and be smart. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I love when athletes talk to younger kids. I think being an athlete, you have like so many opportunities to do good in this world, especially for kids. Um, so many kids look up to athletes, um, I think more than they realize. And I feel like sometimes athletes like get out of tune with like how much power and inspiration they actually have. And so to see him, you know, standing there talking to those kids and hyping them up and, you know, those kids will remember that the rest of their life. Like, no fucking doubt about it. Like, I was going to ask years- you, Evan, you could probably name every single athlete you met as a child right? or a specific time mm-hmm. that you met. With. Like, I remember I went with all my cousins to Fox Valley Mall and I met Brian Erlacher and Anthony Thomas and we waited in line and we got pictures like those are, you know, I mean, who remembers Anthony Thomas? You know, pretty much nobody, Dude. you know, but I mean, Bears fans do. But you know what I mean? Just like little stuff like that. And you have like these vivid memories or details. What about you? You remember any experiences as a child with athletes? Yeah. So I've met a handful of, of celebrities from multiple occasions. When I was really younger uh, or a lot younger, I met um, Tony Kukoc. He was at a restaurant. He was playing for the Bulls then when they were like, like amazing, an amazing team. I walked right up to him and I walked up. He was eating dinner with like some woman. I assume it was probably his wife at the time. My mom let me go walk right up to him. I was probably like six years old. So like he couldn't like get away from me. Yeah, right. Walked up to him with a napkin and I just said, hey, can I have your autograph? And he was like super nice and signed the the napkin. And then I went back to the table that I was sitting at. But like, I'll never forget that. I mean, I was like a little like freaking baby practically. Yeah. And I still remember like walking up to him now um, and him being like really nice. So. Like, I mean, it's just crazy how like that moment will just stay with you forever. And he obviously has no idea about it, but um, for somebody, you know, for a kid uh, to meet like a superhero, essentially, 
It's crazy. I met, I remember, I even remember meeting Olin Cruz. <laughs> oh, really? A, yeah, at an auto show when I was a little kid too. Um, so we yeah, met man, Kyle crazy. Long together. Remember what? We met Kyle Long together. Remember? We did. Yeah, after uh, a, a hard gym session. After a yeah. lift. Yeah, we met him in a Walmart parking lot. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I remember. And then we took the photo. I remember like sizing ourselves up to like, hey, he's not that fucking big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were <laughs> making we were making fun him. of his little titties too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could fucking rush past him. We were like, oh, he's got little bitch titties though, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was the off season. We'll give him that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's just crazy to. I've met so I mean, because I I went to basketball camps and so I think those are more set up. So I mean, and I think Jameis that might that looks like it might have been a camp or maybe like a football something. It wasn't it was, yeah. It was uh the Kenny Shaw football camp in Orlando, Florida. Okay. So regardless if it's a camp and they're coming to they're getting paid to do it, or if you see them just organically out in the street, as long as they are kind to you, um, you know, it's it's gonna be a leave an impression. Actually, you know who fucked me over? was Mike Ditka. Um, I was with my buddy, Sam, and we were downtown and we were with his mom and she was driving all around uh, Chicago. I think she was going to Marshall Fields. This was a long time ago. Um, and she pulled over and she said, hey guys, like you got to stay in the car. I need to run into Marshall Fields to grab some makeup or something like that. She's like, do not get out of the car. I'm double parking. It was downtown. <laughs> she pulls over. She double she parked to go get makeup? Yeah, she was like running into this to Marshall Fields real quick, like off of State Street or something. Um, and she was going to run in and grab the makeup and like at the counter, you know, like the you know, when you walked into Marshall Fields, everything was like, especially the makeup was right there. Right there. Yeah. She went in to go get it. Sam and I are sitting in the car and this was like an older car. Like she didn't have like a like a key that could open the door or anything. It was like, like a cheaper car. This was like back in the 90s or early 2000s, 90s. I don't even know. And we're sitting in there. She says, don't get out of the car. She's gone. We see Mike Ditka walking by. We're like, holy shit, fucking Mike Ditka. We get out of the car. We run over to him, close the door. We're like, hey, Mike, Mike, can we get your autograph? He fucking looks at us. He's like, get out of here, kids. (laughs) 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 And just keeps walking. And then we're like, wow, what a fucking dick. We walk back to the car, locked out, dude. Locked out, man. (laughs) Double parked, like on State Street, locked out. Uh, Mike Ditka didn't give his autograph. His mom comes out of Marshall Fields and's like, "What are you guys doing?" And we're like, "Uh, <laughs> we we're gonna need get some help." Autograph, and we can't get in the car. So his, she had to call his dad. His dad had to drive downtown to get us into the car. It was a fucking. Oh, mess. he's probably so pissed. So pissed. Like his dad's like super like old school Italian guy. Just like, what are you doing? You know, just like, come yeah. on, you, know, that you kind fucking of shit, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even that good of a player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my Mike Dicka story. Uh, so fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, never thought Iron Mike will fuck you over like that, dude. I know, too. And we were young. Like, we were, like, still, like, cute kids at this point, I would like to think. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't understand how athletes get to that point where they're, like, too cool to, like, not sign something for a kid or take a photo. Like, I would never, especially if it's just, like, a circumstance where it's just, like, you and the athlete and they're not in, like, getting bombarded by all these people. Like, how do you not just stop for one second and take a photo and, like, change that person's life just for that, you know, moment? I understand. I understand both sides. Right. Because I mean, also too, it's like he, you know, everyone has good days and bad days, whether you're famous or not. And it's like, 
you're getting bombarded constantly. It's like, dude, I'm trying to go or like, maybe I got to take a shit or I'm just trying to get lunch. I'm fucking hungry, you know? And it's like, everyone comes at, I want a picture. I don't want to give you a picture. I don't, you, that's not your right. You don't get to have one with that's me fair. just because I'm famous. You know what I mean? But then also too, it's yeah. Pick and choose those points because they do make such impressionable um, remembrances from, for children. Right. Right. I mean, it's, we weren't asking to interview him, nothing. Literally right. just say hi, sign something. If we have a pen and paper, take a photo, done. Like no, we're not trying to take any more than five seconds out of your day right? for you to leave a, like an impression on our life for the rest of it. For, but for you to turn that down because of five seconds to me seems a bit ridiculous. And it happens a lot, I think, in that world, the celebrity world. Yeah. Um, you know, like you're only famous because we're all obsessed with you. So like, right. why don't you learn to appreciate like, you know, those people around you, especially when they're kids. So I don't know. But you know what I did see that you sent me actually on Instagram, which was really cool. Another cool thing that athletes do and celebrities. I love it when they get involved with like people who are like sick or um, just underprivileged. Um, I think that's like such an awesome thing about sports um, to see them interact with people. Um, who are in rough situations. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell him what he did for uh, the Bulls player. Yeah. I mean, so it, it wasn't like crazy, but there's this, if you haven't seen it, there's a clip of this. It uh, looks like a young boy who's going through some sort of like cancer treatment, probably looked like he was like in the middle of a chemotherapy treatment. And he's at the, I think it was the Boston game, maybe um, yeah. that they played the other night. And Nikola Vucevic is like walking out of the tunnel and this boy says like, I'm like fighting my battle against cancer. I dunked on cancer. I dunked on cancer. Yeah. Which was like a nice, like fun way to say like, Hey man, like come help me. I want I'd love to get a photo with you and I'm struggling and you know, whatever. Um, And Vucevic sees it, goes over to the kid, signs the paper, the, the, the poster take even says like, go get your phone. I'll take a photo with you you know, pumps his fist with the kid. I just love that kind of stuff. It just like yeah. touches your heart. You know what I mean? It makes you just feel like, man, like there is some good in the world. Um, so I love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially, ki- I mean, kids that are sick too. I mean, that's just like, that's more, the most heartbreaking thing to see. I mean, anybody that's sick is heartbreaking, but you know, just when it, when it's a child, like a young kid who has, you know, their whole life in front of them. Yeah. When athletes have that opportunity, you make yeah. more of an more of a difference and an impact than you think you do, right? Right. That 13 right, yeah. seconds, that 25 seconds that it took for you to do that, yeah, it can change your life. Can give that person the energy to go through another treatment, to go through whatever. Like he has that to hang on to, you know? Yeah. And and you really could almost look at it the other way around too. Like I feel like that could also really inspire Nikola Vucevic to like play harder and realize the the level that he, the, the health that he has and like the place that he's at in his life where he can inspire somebody as somebody who's going through something like that is like confiding in him for strength, I think is pretty, pretty unique uh, in itself. So uh, I think for both ends, it's really impactful. Uh, I also love it too. When like sports guys, like cause sports just is so powerful. I feel like people that don't watch sports, like don't understand, but like, when they like do st- nice things for people that like have special needs. Like the other day I saw there was like a football team. Um, and like, there's like, I don't know if it was the equipment manager or what, but it looked like he had some form of like maybe autism or something like that. And he was like trying to jump and he was touching the, um, where, where they measure your vertical, you know? Yeah. So he jumped Those and sticks. he hit it. Yeah. He jumped and he hit it. And there was like the whole football team is watching him. Obviously he didn't jump very high to like someone who knows what's going on. 
but to him he like jumped high and they were like hyping him up and then he they were like trying to get him to do one more time and jump a little higher which to you or me wouldn't be anything but he he jumped higher and then they just go up to him and like cheering him and grabbing him and screaming and he's like yeah. so excited <laughs> it's like one of those things it's like kind of funny for, for everybody to watch but it's also like so like you know it's like really sweet to like see them like uh just really encouraging encouraging him, it, yeah. right yeah yeah like i mean everyone's laughing and having fun with it but it's also comes from a really good place and right. so i i just love that about sports yeah like when you see those little kids running in touchdowns and everyone's falling all over the place right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know it takes them 25 minutes to you know run <laughs> yeah. 60 yards but they finally get there and that's and they all they know is that they scored and everybody's happy so i just i love those kind of moments in sports um and i feel like with social media now you can you see them so often uh but yeah. I, I don't get tired of seeing them i think they're all great so but I yeah, think that also keeps people in check too, right? The the amount of cameras that are in your face and the amount that you're on um, just on the spot. Like, hey, I could get caught looking like an asshole real quick too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Having cameras nowadays are coming to play in many ways uh, for sure. So. All right. Speaking uh, of athletes. How about this? Salvatore Perez delivers on a Bucks bet with Brett Phillips. So just to share with everybody, Salvatore Perez right here is the catcher for the Kansas City Royals. And he used to be teammates with Brett Phillips, who plays for the Tampa Bay Rays. They made a bet before the Super Bowl uh, that if the Buccaneers win, that Salvatore Perez um, has to wear a Buccaneers jersey. Um, Phillips is from Tampa. And uh, Salvador Perez plays for Kansas City, uh, the Royals. Also, Patrick Mahomes is the part owner of the Kansas City Royals. So, you know, this is all cute. These guys going back and forth. He made like a video. Do we got ourselves a deal or what? And he's like, you got to wear a jersey when we play each other. So then when they played each other, uh, which was yesterday, Salvador Perez had to wear the jersey while he's taking batting practice. Patrick Mahomes, the best. <laughs> so it's cool. They got some pictures. It was just, you know, all in good fun. Right. Um, yeah. But Patrick Mahomes is part owner of the Kansas city Royals. So the guy that kicked your ass in the super bowl, you know, now, now your team, the guy, the, the part owner, the team, uh, the players are wearing his Jersey or wearing Mahomes, or I'm sorry, Brady's Jersey. So Brady uh, tweeted, um, in response to the Royals, the Royals said, sometimes words speak louder than actions. And Tom Brady says, nah, I think action always speak louder than words. Patrick Mahomes comes back. I guess we will see in 20 years. So that's fun little back and forth banter um, with, you know, football players, baseball players. So what do you think, Evan? You think he's going to have the last laugh uh, when it comes in 20 years or what? I don't know, man. I just think... I think Tom Brady is just, it's going to be tough to, he's got seven Super Bowl rings. Seven. Patrick Mahomes is one. Um, I think the difference in between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, um, one, they're, just, they're I'm not going to give off numbers because I'm going to find myself not having any more to rattle off, but I'm going to say, <laughs> so, so, the, so the main difference between the two of them is the way that they play. And I think that Patrick Mahomes exposes himself to a lot more potential damage on his body long-term. I think because Tom Brady is such a good quarterback in the pocket, it's why he's still playing and it's why he's seen minimal injury. It's why 
he's so um you know been able to kind of find guys and recruit and stay healthy um and play at the age that he is so i don't see patrick mahomes beating him just because i don't know if his body will allow him because he's always cutting and slashing and diving and getting hit and i mean he just didn't he yeah because his style his style of quarterback and yeah we've seen that already you've seen he had what was that a knee or an ankle issue right um in the game right before when chad henney had to come in and and send them to uh what was that to the afc championship or to the super bowl whatever it was right right you know so So we have seen that already yeah, I don't see how he makes it that deep into his career when he's already exposing himself to such bodily harm. Um, so I don't see him surpassing him. I think he's, I think he's a hell of a quarterback, and I think he'll win a few more Super Bowls, no doubt about it. But what Tom Brady has done is very unique, and in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time. So, I, yeah. My yeah, I agree, I agree with you there. Um, I think it's just one of those things that we're going to be able to tell our children – Yours coming in July, right? Yes, July. Um, that we just seen, yeah, the best uh, quarterback to ever play football. It's just a hard act to follow. And if it were to happen, I don't think um, it happens in the same lifetime. You know what I mean? For yeah. for for two of the best to be to overlap each other like that. You know what I mean? It's the same reason why uh, you know, like Jordan never played against uh, LeBron, right? No. Nope. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I think, I think guys now are so much more athletic that, um, and more, and more skilled and there's like, there's a lot more of them. So I think it's going to be more difficult for, for Patrick Mahomes to, to win. And it's such a team sport where like basketball, like if you're comparing basketball to football, it's completely different in a way because basketball, all you need is like one or two superstars. Yep. With football, you need an entire team. Like it's way yes. more of a team sport. Like your O-line needs to be good. You're running back, your receivers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. On the other side it's of the ball too. So ultimate team sport, like you said, to <clears throat> to basketball. Yeah. Well, you were, that's why they team up two, three guys. Right. And now we're going to just pretty much run it. Right. 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 And I mean, and so, and like baseball is also a really big time team sport. However, if you have a few good, like a couple aces that can get you far into the season and then you make it in the postseason, I mean, a really good couple pitchers can get you far, even if your offense isn't doing much, like as long as you've got a good pitcher, typically from my experience in watching baseball, it seems like they can carry you pretty far. Right. Too. You would need, you would need a, a staff because a pitcher pitches once every five days, days, roughly. Sure. So if you're taking, you know, once you get to the playoffs, pitching wins, pitching wins in the playoffs, wins right. world series, the better staff usually ends up winning. Cause it's the best hitters versus the best pitchers. So, um, yeah, I mean, it all comes together, but I think basketball just stands alone when it's, uh, the amount of impact a single player can make. Right. Which is also another reason that I think people don't watch basketball as much as, uh, they used to, I just don't think, I feel like going into seasons, especially because now how guys are just always teaming up with each other because of that, you all, it's like, you already know who's going to win before the season even starts. So versus like other sports, even if you have a bunch of good guys, a good collection of guys, you don't, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. I think we kind of saw it this year though. I think, you know, the, the Buccaneers really had everything and they did win, but, uh, no, they still have faced some challenges. It wasn't like an easy road there. They even, I think they started off pretty rocky too in the season. Um, Buccaneers? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, they lost they, to the Bears, remember? <laughs> yeah, they did lose to the Bears. That's, <laughs> that's fucking rough. <laughs> that's really bad. It's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, to your to your question again, I think we ran a little rant there. But, yeah, I think Mahomes will win a few more Super Bowls, but I don't think he's going to catch Tom Brady. And if he does, that's very impressive. But I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers can't do it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever, too. I mean, I know he's a Packer, but, like, at the end of the day, I got to appreciate his game. Like, he's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, the um, fact that he only won one Super Bowl is a travesty to him and his team. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, you can't, can't put even... pieces around him to capitalize on that. Yeah, I, it's it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. I mean, he's been pretty healthy his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He's just seems like he's got a really good like football IQ. Like, you can tell he knows what's going on at, at the line. He wants to change a play and his arm is ridiculous. He just makes unreal passes and he's only got one ring, which is just I can't remember who they beat. Who did they beat to win that? Do you remember? I think it was either it was in 2009 or 2010. I don't okay. I don't remember who they beat though. Yeah, me either. Whatever. I didn't watch it. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of football, um, let's see. Can you see it? Here we go. Oh, love maple wood. So the um, NFL just approved the first position specific helmet for linemen. So their initiative here to reduce the amount of concussions, um, issues with the brain, CTE. Um, they have these new helmets for linemen and um, they have these little bumpers on them on the fronts of their helmets where they have like the most impact. So it's going to hope hopefully reduce the amount of concussions because here um, NFL paid out $765 million to more than a thousand retired football players of concussion lawsuits because the league concealed knowledge of dangers of repeated blows to the head. So that's pretty shitty. First off, you're, you know, the NFL, um, and you have this knowledge that you concealed the dangers of repeated blows to the head. Um, so they paid out, you know, $765 million to these that's players. Insane. And I mean, that also goes to this too. Um, Philip Adams, this, uh, he was a, a safety or DB. Do you remember this a couple of weeks ago? This was April yeah. 8th. He shot five people, including a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and then he shot himself. Um, yep. I don't know the motive. They st- they said they don't have a motive, um, but I can't help but think that um, CTE played a huge role in that. Yeah, you would have to think so. I think, and they said, I, uh, I think the doctor that he killed, he had or the physical therapist or whatever, I think he had seen him before. Like that had been his... I think that was his physical therapist or his doctor at some point, like mm-hmm. the family had used them. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, man, you'd have to think that that brain injury, brain injuries are what led to that. Cause I don't think there was a clear motive. Obviously there's no motive or any reason that you should ever do that. Um, right. So, but I would imagine the CTE stuff played into it, but that's great to hear about the, the bumpers and stuff. Yeah. Especially for positions that um, take such, such blunt force head-to-head contact constantly constantly so yeah i think it's great they're gonna put some bumpers on there for high impact zones to kind of cushion that blow and um yeah it's it's one of the uh highest uh um protect or the safest helmet it's the vices 
zero to R matrix. It's like the highest, safest performing uh, helmet out there. So yeah, props, props to the NFL. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, football is such a, uh, just like a, I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for. I mean, it's such a physical sport. So I think that's great. And they're always under a microscope for the, you know, concussion protocols and everything like that nowadays, which they should be. So I think that's great mm-hmm. that they're, uh, they're making that update to their, their gear and protecting their players. Uh, it's, it's very impressive. But, I mean, and hopefully they can continue to come up with new things to keep those guys safe. Cause it's really fucked up to see, you know, that these guys really do have really life altering injuries um, after the fact. So yeah, because it's crazy. I'm- like, I wonder like with UFC, you know, like what the hell are those guys going through? I mean, my God, you know, I mean, I think they're just psychos from the jump. <laughs> I mean, like it's just fucking crazy. Like if some guy is like playing alignment, he's running out with a helmet on his head and pads. Like I don't, I can't even imagine what like Nate Diaz's brain looks like. Well, I mean, you heard how he talks, right? Yeah, uh, he talks like an idiot though <laughs> um but i mean look at muhammad ali i mean muhammad ali most famous yeah. boxer very successful i mean he can't speak because he has no motor mm-hmm. skills well he died right he can't speak because he's dead that's yeah. right but i mean before he before <laughs> he yes. died, you know what i mean yes. like yeah he had so many problems it's repeated um hits to your head and your brain bouncing off your skull so, I mean, you can't help but think. So, when I mean, that's what they talk about in UFC. We have a certain amount of cage time, um, you know, because of how much, you know, stuff that we go through during a period. You could break your nose in, like, every fight. You could pop an eye, an orbital bone that you got to have surgery for. I mean, the same cuts open over again. Um, so, you have a certain amount of cage time that you need to capitalize on, and that's kind of what they talk about in the UFC. That's why, you know, promotion is such a big thing because I'm not promised three more fights after this. I could, I could be done. I could be injured and never get another shot or whatever it is. So that's why, you know, I think promotion is such a big thing when it comes to fighting and especially UFC. Fighting is so crazy to me. Like I've never been in a fist fight in my entire life. I I find that hard to believe. Really? I just, yeah, I just avoid confrontation. Like I always just, I've never been one to disagree with people too much like yeah like there are some things that i do not like in about certain people but like overall like i just get along with a lot of people obviously if bad ethics or values come into play and then sure yeah i'll disagree with somebody but i'm not usually very like vocal about how i disagree with people and i usually just take the high road and just say "Eh, it's not worth it i'm pretty sure i can think of some nights where we had some pretty close encounters with uh fisticuffs <laughs> i can't i know you've been in a couple situations but i've just never like do you remember that guy he like didn't you say some guy came in and like tried to like sleep in your place that one night or something like that like you well, were sleeping and he like, walked into your house or something well i got robbed one night but i invited him in that was my fault oh um, yeah and then there was a homeless guy well i don't know if he was semi-homeless or whatever but he was keeping shit in the backyard of my house remember and i yeah. told him you can't because the girls upstairs were creeped out. He's like in our backyard, you know, creeping around, hiding stuff in like garbage bins and stuff. And I told him, I'm like, man, you got to get your shit out of here. You got to move it. You can't keep it back here. Okay. Okay. I mean like DVDs and like rugs and weird stuff. And then um, he wasn't moving. I was like, I'll give you a week to move it out. 
and he kept coming back. So I called the cops like one afternoon and the cops rolled up and they're like, Hey, what's up, man? And they're like, took it like, like, why you got two cell phones? And he had two cell phones. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. And I watched <laughs> it. I was just like, you yeah. warned him. He said, man, you got to get your stuff and go. You didn't listen. Yeah. I mean, it is what it no, is. but the, there was another guy who tried to come in the house. Yeah, he started banging on the door. He was drunk. Yeah, that's and we got what I'm into, talking about. Yeah, and then we got into a fight in the front in the little hallway right there. Yeah. Because he just came up. Bomp, bomp, bomp. He we had to think it was the wrong house or he was at the wrong place or something. But um, I was just uh, celebrating 420-ish or whatever. You know, <laughs> so I come outside and I'm just tweaked out, right? And he's banging. I'm like, oh, my God. So then I'm like, you don't live here, man. He's like, come outside. So then we started fighting, threw the phone down, called the cops. And then I get the Febreze and I'm like, shh, just like spraying <laughs> down the place. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just part of living in the city, living in fucking Wrigleyville, dude. Everyone is a scum, scummy kind of person. So you run into <laughs> situations where you kind of just have to do something sometimes. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I like and I have like a couple friends, one of them in particular that like, used to get into fights all the time um one who at my bachelor party you and him were wrestling i was gonna say i fought at your bachelor party <laughs> yeah <laughs> that wasn't I mean, a fight that was like a, a a mutual wrestling match yeah that was we we should tell that story sometime it was, um, it was mutual but yeah <laughs> but anyways like i would i have watched him get in multiple bar fights and like I would try and the whole time I'm like stop 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 I'm never like trying to throw punches I'm always like no no stop it's not worth it quit because I've just seen so many bad things happen like on TV or heard about people getting hit and then they fall and hit the their head on the sidewalk yep and they go blind or they get a concussion or they go into a coma and then mm-hmm. someone's getting sued someone's yep. getting charged with something so for me it's just not worth it like well you're right though you are right most of the time because. If it's, you know, something that's really not that important, then it's not worth it because a lot that, of it, something like that happens and the rest of your life is ruined or changed forever. Yeah, yeah there's nothing, in my opinion, there's just nothing worth fighting about unless I mean, somebody's like being assaulted and you need to step in and right. physically remove them and help them out. But if it's over some verbal disagreement, like a, a girl or whatever, you know, yeah. if you got to say something, say it. But the, once it gets to the physical stuff, it's like, me is you can normal. you can literally kill somebody by punching them in the yes. face i've seen it um like in vegas um there was yeah. like an article maybe like last year or something but this guy was in vegas punched another guy in the face and he died he killed him yeah. one punch evan one punch on the street bomb a clean punch yep. and then he died yeah and now you it's murdered crazy. somebody and a lot of the times i think it's from them hitting the ground from when they get knocked in the face and they're sure. so hard on the ground they just cracks or skull or something swelling yeah but uh yeah it's for me i've just always avoided those confrontations um so i don't know but uh it's a maturity thing too as you get older you know yeah yeah i but even when i was younger i think i think when i was younger it was more so i was afraid to fight um like i was just always smaller when i was younger Mm. and then my, my junior year of high school is when i hit like my growth spurt or whatever but then I still had that like smaller mentality of like, I don't want to fight anybody. I'm going to get my ass kicked. But then I started to work out and I started to be like bigger than a lot of people. But then I was just like, well, is it even worth it? Because then I felt like I was so strong. That I don't know. Like, I don't want to hurt. Like, I don't want to brag, but like I got on the opposite strong. side of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I just didn't want to hit anybody and do something like serious to them. You know, I, so I just, I just avoid the confrontation and altogether. And I, I'm naturally just a pretty like go with the flow, nonchalant, like very chill person. So you I've are, never been, it's never been my thing. So yeah, man. Anyways, I don't know how we got into talking about UFC fights, but um, brain concussion, CTE. Concussions. That's, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's next on the, on the agenda here? Um, that was everything that I wanted to cover today. Pretty oh, much. Shit. Nice. You can tell me a little bit about the bulls, um, any kind of storylines going on. I can tell you about some baseball. Oh yeah. This uh, baseball shirt, the, the Boston Red Sox are on a, have the tied for the best, uh, record in the AL. So if you want to pick up a Boston Red Sox shirt, monsters are real, pick up a green monster shirt. Um, but a lot of good baseball going on, not Cubs, but, Baseball storylines, the Dodgers and the Padres, Evan. If you want to watch baseball that's not Cubs related, that is entertaining, watch the Cubs and the Padres. It is a World Series series every time they play. First series they played, uh, benches cleared twice. Um, The Padres won one out of three games. Dodgers took the other two. But it has just been electric, man. Just high intensity. um, A lot of stuff going on. So if if you're looking for anything outside of the Cubs that's entertaining baseball, they're going to play again another series starting Friday. Nice. Yeah, I I saw you had mentioned that MLB ratings are like super high on MLB TV. Oh, yes. That was the other thing I wanted to cover. Um, So MLB yet, uh, MLB TV, the last 18 days has been the highest amount of baseball ever watched. And that's including the blackouts. Imagine if they didn't have blackouts. Um, And we were talking about in a previous episode about growing the game, growing the game of baseball. And um, this is, I I think this is a a turning point or at least an indication that people are into it. People are watching baseball more, are getting into the storylines, are following teams, following these players. Um, And and that's even with, with those uh, blackouts, if they didn't have those blackouts, it would be even more so. So I just really like to see those kind of things, game growing, um, people following it. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a really, really cool thing. How, how I don't know if you heard me. I was saying, like, how come we're, you know, what are they doing different right now that they weren't doing, you know, before that people are tuned in? That people are tuned in. Um, I honestly don't know. It's not the rule changes. There's nothing about the rules. If you didn't watch baseball before, you're not watching it now because they put a guy on second base in, in the in extra innings. You're not watching it now if you didn't watch it before because a pitcher has to pitch to three batters. Those rule changes don't bring any new viewership at all. That's a fucking lie. Um, I don't know if it has to do with promotion or um, people being recognized, recognizing more players, and maybe they'll see, you know, these stories like, oh, benches cleared or Nick Cassiano's flexing on someone. Um, maybe because there's lack of sports going on now. Maybe if nobody's really interested in NBA, there's no football. Um, and it's just kind of that period before, you know, I don't know who's watching hockey, but if that's like the main sport that's going on right now and has the most exciting stuff that, that could be a, an indicator as well. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we talked about it too before, but I like, I think maybe there's more personalities right now in the MLB than there have been before. Like maybe yeah. guys are more on social media they're louder they're wearing like big old chains colored hair this this guy in the marlins jazz chisholm he's got bright blue hair he's super fast yeah exactly yeah a lot more swag and so there's a lot more 
fun. I just think if you can establish yourself as a character or someone that stands out, I think people naturally gravitate towards watching those guys play. Um, so I think that that might be something that's taking place. I think I've seen a lot more bat flips too, more so than recently. Like nobody ever used to flip their bat, but I feel like I keep seeing it. Like, I don't know. Am I crazy? Is that actually happening more? Um, I mean, the last couple of years, I wouldn't say just this year, but the last couple of years, it's become the new, uh, the new trend, the new uh, baseball. And I think we talked about this too, about how, you know, yeah. pitchers don't like that. And it's a new exciting part of baseball. And um, yeah. Yeah. Real quick too, um, before we wrap up, I know you already did your um, a small rant on Hendricks start the other day. Yeah, but, I had to uh, do that so quietly. <laughs> I was with my wife, and I had to do it quietly, and I was a few sheets to the wind, so yeah. I didn't get to do too much of an analysis. Um, but I just kind of gave a little bit of breakdown. But yes, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I was going to say. I mean, that, as someone that watches baseball casually, I'm not like if I had the if I had the Marquee Network, which I don't. Um, you know, fuck you, Ricketts family for doing all that and not yeah. giving it out to, uh, you know, the, the, the streaming platforms and being forcing us to have Comcast, which I don't have, so I can't watch it. Um, but they finally played on ESPN. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, Sunday Night Baseball. And they started fucking Hendrix. And my God, I mean, and I know it was a first ever for a Cub to have four, give up four home runs in the first. Correct. I mean, at what point, like, why did they allow him to pitch still? Like, I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So that's what I said too. Um, in that video, I said, yeah. Rossi, come get your boy because there is a point where it's like, you don't got the stuff tonight or, right. you know, and it's, and he's a, he's a proven ace. Like he's our, he's our ace. So yeah. um, there are just some nights that you don't have it and either they're not prepared to get someone up and throwing, start tossing, get ready because, um, you know, and then sometimes it's the game's already out of reach. You're out, you know, you're down by six first inning, right? Okay, probably not going to get this one yet. And then they scored. Then they scored two or three runs. So it was only yeah. six to three in the first or second inning. I think it was the second inning, yeah. six to three. So they closed the gap. They're like, all right, we can put up some runs. So maybe now, I, now your leash gets a little bit more because, okay, we put up some runs. So yeah. You want to get a certain amount of pitches out of your, out of your starter too. Um, just because what is it, what are you going to do? Throw 35 pitches in the first inning, give up six runs and now you're done for the day. It's like, well, you fucked up so far. Um, so we're now, we're just going to run you into the ground give us another three innings, maybe get our bullpen up and running. Yeah. And um, it's all on, on the manager. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I don't know if, if you've noticed it, um, but there's just no energy, no energy, no leadership. Um, it's very flat. Um, nobody's excited. Um, the only excitement we get is when Wilson Contreras does something and he brings yeah. excitement and energy. I mean, I just feel like it's, it's very dead. Um, and you can't expect them to win because you were never trying to win. If you're trading away your runner up to the Cy Young last year, you Darvish to the Padres, you're not, you're not trading that, that piece away. If you're trying to win this year, you know what I mean? Right. Do you, do you like, do you like David Ross? Or do you think he's only got the job because he was a catcher and they like basically just gave him the job because he's a familiar face um that probably had something to go into it i mean he's not a dummy um but just what i have seen um from players striking out popping out nobody hitting and seeing them walk into the dugout yeah just kind of stands there. there's no communication i don't yeah. know if he's a little timid um 
maybe not so vocal. He's not a rah, rah, yelling type. Um, but I, at this point, I want to see something change, something. I don't really like I don't, so I haven't watched many games um because like I said I don't have the marquee but um I don't get good like leadership vibe from him like I don't think he has the personality to be an MLB coach and lead and deal with all these personalities on like a get your head in the game man let's get shit going like you know like get your get your shit together like he doesn't seem like a very inspirational guy to me he seems like somebody that would like when you're doing well he'll be really happy but he doesn't seem like someone that would deal with adversity well well you know why also evan because he's also been teammates with half of those guys right Right. we've been teammates so now we're gonna have you know that's like having whatever lurry markinen uh coaching the bulls next year it's like well we were teammates together four years ago you know now you're the manager and yeah but no you're right i don't think he has uh not, not too much fire. I haven't seen any fire. And right. um, I know it's early in the season, but in order to course correct something, something's got to get done. You know, something you got to, you're, you're the man in charge. You are the leader of that team, right? You're the manager. Um, and, you know, everyone has their different styles. Joe Madden had his certain style where he's, you know, cool, groovy and he played loose, man. And that worked and that worked for that group of guys, but every year is a new group of guys. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the best coaches in any sport are coaches that have a personality that you can kind of define, if that makes sense. Like, okay, so you know Tom Thibodeau, like, and I'm going to talk about it from a Chicago Bulls standpoint, and you can yeah. probably relate it to football too. But, like, because I don't know baseball as much as you do, but, like, for instance, Tom Thibodeau, you know, you knew he was going to be a hard-ass, tough-ass. That's what you're going to get, and he's going to bring it every game. And, Defensive focus, Right. Yeah, like you know what? Yeah, you know what he's doing. He's playing. He's the coach of the New York Knicks right now, and they're actually like really good compared to how they were the previous years. They're finally a good team, and it's because he's there and he's coaching his ass off, and he's a hard ass. And then you look at like somebody like Billy Donovan right now. You kind of know he's like a motivational guy. Like if you suck, he's going to tell you like, you know, you got to get better. But I'm going to pump you up, so you know how he is. Um, you know, I just think if you can define the coach, it, you kind of know what to expect. I just don't know what David Ross is good at. Like, I don't know if he's good at like hyping guys up. Is he good at like getting pissed off? Like, I don't think he's good at anything. So I don't think he's a great coach because of that. So, yeah. But as far as you're saying, like, um, I wouldn't know how to define him either. I mean, he's not a rah, rah, go get him kind of guy. He's more soft-spoken. Um, and obviously we don't see what goes on in the clubhouse, but um yeah, lack of leadership, lack of fire, lack of tenacity. Um, they don't got it, man. They don't got it. They're right. living in the basement of the NL Central, and it's going to stay like that until something changes. The Reds are running or can run away with it. Reds are really good. If you look at their run differentials, the amount of runs that they score more than the other team that they're playing, it, I mean, they're the tops in the league. They're scoring more runs than their, uh, than their opponents by a lot. Card- yeah. Cardinals are playing really well. Milwaukee beat our butts. So, I mean, get used to living with the Pirates, bro. If you're if you don't, you know, change change stuff around. So, I don't know. There's going to be a breakdown coming either this year or next year with the trade deadline coming up. We'll talk about this too, Evan, when uh, the trade deadline comes up. Chris Bryant might be gone. They might start dishing off some pieces um, coming up here pretty soon for a, a full rebuild. Yeah, I I believe it. It seems like it's. 
been kind of inevitable here for a little bit now. So Javi turned down an offer this summer. Bryant, uh, Bryant isn't going to get an offer with us. Rizzo and uh, the Cubs didn't reach an agreement. They're playing. Um, I told you. Uh, um, what's his nuts? Um, the owner's name. What's his name? Oh, uh, Ricketts. Ricketts. I think he's trying to collect money from all the money that he lost in in COVID from all the investments that he's making around uh, Wrigleyville in the hotels and the Dave and Busters and the uh, apartments and all this, you know, the rooftops, all this stuff that he's invested around the stadium. He's trying to collect so he doesn't lose any losses and doesn't give a shit about the product on the field. But that's just what I think. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business and I don't want to tell somebody how to spend their money. However, like, fuck dude. Like, He's real. I I just feel like they're in a weird place right now, um, and I, I don't know enough about about baseball to make like a super educated. You keep saying that, Evan, but you do. You speak very well on it. <laughs> but I don't know like all the players. Like I do know Nico Hornier or whatever is like. Ooh, Hornier, huh? Hornier or Hornier or whatever. Hornier. Uh, I know like they put him down in like the minors, right? Because like of some contractual issues, like they would have to pay him more if they brought him up early or something like that. So yeah. I don't know. I like you. It, and I think that speaks to your point. Like they're kind of being cheap right now. Um, and I see that. I feel like that's kind of definitely impacted the the way the team's playing. Um, and I think that probably rubs off on the players too. They're probably like, well, this guy doesn't fucking care. Like we're not trying to win shit. Uh, right. So, well, like I said, when you when you trade away your best pitcher who finished second in the Cy Young, you're not yeah. trying to win this year. Then, if you're trying to win, you would keep him. That's the biggest. That's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So you have to yeah. know that going in. Yeah, just a lot going on. But poor Cubs poor is Cubs. what it is. Side note: We got an exciting uh, partnership coming up um, that we'll speak about. Um, we're um, just finishing up some stuff, so we will have an announcement soon. We also have an event coming up um, May 9th um, at Black Barrel Tavern in the city. It's by Greek Town. So um, we will be doing a show there May 9th. I'll start putting out some other stuff for that. But, um, yeah, do Bulls play tonight, Evan? They do not. They play tomorrow, though, against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the uh... – Chicago Bulls have won two in a row. Uh, they, they beat the Cavaliers the other night, and then last night they beat the Celtics, which was an unexpected win. Uh, arguably their best win of the season was last night. Uh, so the, a win they needed. They're trying to make this play-in game. There's a new play-in game series thing now where, like, the 10th seed plays – the 10th through, like, the 7th seed play each other to make their way into the playoffs for the last, like, two teams. It's like a loser's bracket almost? Basically, yeah. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, so they're trying to make their way into that. They're, like, barely scraping their way into that, which is pretty pathetic. Yeah, I saw you posted – or maybe I saw it um, – um yeah for the playoffs and i think the top was maybe the heat and they're like at 500 and then all the way down to the bulls and they're like what 23 and 33 something yeah, like that something like that they're they have not won many games they really like suck right now it's rather disappointing um i thought i didn't think they were going to win a championship by any means this season and i i did think that they would make the playoffs though um and right now it's looking slim they have a chance for sure there's a good chance but that would mean they, you know, get the playing game. They win, the, they win those. So I don't know. Yeah, but man. honestly, what, who fucking cares making it into the playoffs if you're not going to do anything? And maybe right. you think differently, but when 
you know, Cubs or whatever, or any kind of baseball team that I care about, and they're barely squeaking in. I understand anything can happen once you get into the playoffs, but a lot of the time it it's not true though. It's like you either have a three game series, a five game series. And if you don't got your shit, it's not going to happen. So why watch me get our asses kicked right. or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not March madness. It's not a one single game. Elimination. Right. It's not the NFL where it's a single game elimination. It's yes. It's serious. So typically the better team's going to come out on top. And the other thing about that is when you make the playoffs and you're a good team or not a good team, but you're just on the brink of make, being a playoff team and you get in, then you like screw yourself over in the lottery with picks and stuff. Like right. Picks. And so and we just, talked about that with the bears constantly right. being like, mediocrity. you fuck yourself where you're not mediocre, super bad, yeah. but you're not super good to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mediocrity, mediocre, whatever. I mean, it's so they're in a weird place right now. They have two all-stars too. They, they have Nikola Vucevic and they have Zach Levine who are two all-stars and they've been losing to teams recently other than the Cavs and the Celtics, they were on a six, like a six game losing streak or something like that. Four or five. I can't remember, but it was bad. I want to say it was like six. Um, but yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough being a Bulls fan, but uh, I keep doing my podcast and trucking away. Please follow me. If you're not already, it's double overtime podcast, D-A-B-U-L-L, the Bulls. So yeah, <laughs> I've been getting more followers too. Uh, it's been nice. good. Yeah, I've been following a lot of people though, but uh, but yeah, people are following me back, so it's been nice. Yes, well, you're putting out more content. We're tagging each other and stuff, so it's all uh, it's all going good. Yeah, man, right cool stuff. All right, bro, I think that that about does it for tonight. I'm gonna turn on this Cubs game. They're up two nothing right now against the Mets, so I gotta catch up and see what's going on. Good stuff. All right, man. All right, word. Shake that. Shake that. Every day I'm shuffling. 